you to sign up. Get your Bibles out and go to Hebrews chapter 2. I'm starting a series this morning called The Currency of Darkness. Now, the reason I picked that title is I couldn't find another one. I'm really, I'm really preaching on overcoming fear, but I kind of tried to make it fancier than overcoming fear. But right now in the United States of America and the world, men and women are afraid. Mm -hmm. Satan is ruling, and he always rules through fear. Without fear, he cannot rule. God told you and I in 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy 1.6, God did not give you and I a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We don't have any more business being afraid or with fear than we do dope. But yet Satan's pushing it, and he's pushing it hard. And the way he's ruling in America right this minute is through fear. And a lot of, and in the world, the world is afraid, and many Christians have succumbed to fear. And I want to show you what to do about it. Because as long as you're afraid... He will rule you. Do you want that? I don't, I don't want that. He's not ruling me. And so I refuse to live in fear. I will not be afraid. I'm not living. So, so how do you do that? How do you overcome fear? Because I've had times when I have woke up in the morning and, I, and the spirit of fear hit me to where I just broke out in a cold sweat. And the devil would say, oh, you're not going to live long. You're going to die. Your kids are all going to go to hell. Your church is going to fall apart. I mean, I've had times when the devil spoke to me and tried to get me in fear. I will tell you, there's been a few times I've succumbed. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not where I was, but I'm, but I'm better than I was, I was years ago. I haven't arrived yet, but I'm doing a lot better. So this is not a sermon for you. It's a sermon for us. But right now, I refuse to bow in this nation to a spirit of fear. Without fear, Satan would not, or the politicians could not do what they're doing. Now, I say this to you that wear a mask. The reason you wear a mask is you're afraid. You're afraid you get a disease. You might want to find out if there's science behind it, because there isn't. There's no science. But it's fear. Now, I understand doing stuff that's wise. Let's say there was a real pandemic and there was a way to stop it. Yeah, let's do it. Vaccines have never stopped the flu. They've never created one vaccine, not one, not one, that stops the flu. And COVID is a flu. You can't vaccinate a flu. Impossible to do it. There's no science. And so how are they doing it? Fear. Fear. Especially when they start cramming it down your throat. So I want, to, let's, I want to go back and talk about where fear came from and why we deal with it and why we succumb to it and how to not succumb. Do you all want to know this? Okay. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. In so much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him had the power of death that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What is the Mac Daddy of fear? Fear of dying. That is the, that's the biggest fear you and I will ever deal with this side of heaven. And, and, and I have good news for you. You'll all die. It's coming. One way or the other. But now let's go back over and, and, I, and, 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 and let's go over this for a moment. And I want you to look at me in, in Ephesians. We'll come back to Hebrews, or I will. But go to Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 11. Therefore, remember that you once were a Gentile. That's a Gohim. That's a person without God in the flesh who was called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands. That at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, 
strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. I want you to think about this for a minute. Prior to Jesus coming and dying on the cross, every man that walked the earth knew that he would die and stand before God and be judged by a holy God, and there was not a thing he could do to stop it. You can't stop death, and you can't change what you've done. It says that they were without God and without hope. Wouldn't you do everything in your power to try to extend your life as long as you could? Do y'all know what the pyramids are for? Do you know what the whole point of the pyramids were? The kings believed that if they built the pyramid, that they would be planted in it, and that pyramid would give them eternal life. A lot of trouble to not go to hell. Do you know what cannibalism was and is? What is the drinking of a human's blood? Cannibals believed that by drinking the blood of another human being, it would give them eternal life. Because blood is salty and it's nasty. A human doesn't taste good. Compared to pork chops, rabbit, hamburger. And man has done everything in his power through the centuries to overcome this thing called death. We've got here in this story about the Lord Jesus, God saw our dilemma that there was no hope and he sent his son, Jesus, who took on flesh, took on humanity. When Jesus came, it's Christmas, he was born in a manger, human. He had Satan, God had to beat Satan. A human got us in it. A human had to get us out. So God, contrary to how you think it happened, because I don't know, took on humanity. Emmanuel, God with us. When Jesus walked the earth, he did not walk it as God. He didn't do anything as God. He didn't raise the dead, heal the sick, or walk on water as God. He did it as a man. But a man defeated Satan. A man overcame. A man walked among us who was Christ the Messiah. And then there came a day when he took our sin in him. And I want you to think about this. What percentage of your sin did he take? All of it. Why are you in condemnation? If Jesus paid your debt, how much debt do you have? You have none. But the devil is a liar. And he condemns you to you. And he condemns others to you. But he, God is not condemning you. Because all damnation went on Jesus. So when Jesus went to the cross, God placed all sin and damnation on his own son and turned his back on him at Calvary. That's why it got dark. That's why he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It wasn't the nails Jesus was worried about. It was God turning his back on him for the first time in, his, in all eternity. And he went to the region of the damned. And once justice was satisfied, God said, it is enough. And he, Spirit of God, went into hell and raised Jesus from the dead. And the Spirit of God went into his spirit, man, because Jesus had done no sin. But one of the things that had Satan known it, he'd have never crucified the Lord of glory. He didn't die in his place. He died in mine. He died in your place. He took my sin. He took my damnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. As righteous as he is right now, you are that righteous right now sitting in this room. Because he rose from the dead, substitute man, and God accepted his sacrifice or he would not have raised him from the dead. Easter's not about Jesus rising. Easter's about you rising. Amen. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You, Jesus didn't have a sin problem. You did. But while he was down in the region of the damned, he did one more thing. He defeated death. Now then later Jesus comes along and makes an astounding statement. If you believe in me, you have eternal life. And any man who lives and believes in me will never die. Say never die. Never die. Say I, I will never die. Do you have eternal life? Yes. You will never die. Amen. 
Now, that, that husk you're living in that you pamper, some more than others. If you're older, you have realized that there's only so much tucking, pampering, but it is getting older and you don't look like you did when you were 20. I'm not condemning you. I'm just... I had hair. When you get to heaven, if you're looking for a bald-headed guy, it won't be me. I'm going to get it all back. One of the things that Jesus did on the cross when he went down the region of the damned is he, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. He conquered death. Do you and I need to fear death? No. I have another scripture for you. Are you ready? It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. Do you understand that you will die? There's nothing you can do about it. There's coming a day. And I know when you're young, you think it's like a thousand years away. Old, us, those, those that are older, we understand that I married Lisa a week ago and I graduated from high school a month ago. Yeah. Everybody older goes, I understood just exactly what you said. How many of you have noticed it went by quicker than you thought? That means if that went quick, is the next few years going to go quick? Yeah, probably. And one of the things that you're going to have to conquer is the fear of that day. And you need to conquer it now. Uh, I didn't make this announcement. Please forgive me. I wasn't trying to be rude. Sue Connolly went home to be with the Lord earlier this week. She was in church last Sunday. Went to the doctor. Gave her a bad report. Gone. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready? Live ready. You live ready. I'm not prophesying over you. I'm just saying live ready. Because life here is a lot shorter than you think it is. Boy, okay. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has put eternity in our heart. Faith is the currency of heaven, and fear is the currency of hell. How is the Taliban ruling? Fear. How does Al-Qaeda rule? Fear. How does the left rule? Fear. Politicians aren't that smart. Don't fear them. They ain't afraid of no politician. How does the pandemic rule? Fear. If you weren't afraid of dying, you wouldn't be worried about anything. I'm going to give you some good stats. Are you ready? How many people in the U.S. died that got COVID and stayed home? None. That's a good stat. Think about it. I'm not saying don't go to the hospital. I'm just saying pray before you go. My doctor is an atheist. My regular doctor's not, but the lady that sees me. The last time I was in her office, I gave her a prescription. She was giving me a prescription, and I said, you know I'm a doctor. She said, I didn't know that. I said, yes, and I have a prescription. And I gave her some scriptures, and she went, whatever. You know why she's like that? She's afraid. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching this because I want you, if you don't do anything, get over being afraid. Don't allow it to rule. I'm going to make another statement to you. The only reason to fear is that God cannot be trusted. Let me say it again. The only reason to fear, God cannot be trusted. So what happened in the garden? God said, 
don't eat of this tree, and the day you eat thereof you shall surely die. And the devil came along and said, did God say? And what was Eve's motive? I don't want to miss out. I'm afraid that I'm missing out. Every time you yield to fear, it's because you're afraid of something. I'm afraid I'm missing out. I'm afraid I'm not going to get mine. I'm afraid I'll die early. I'm afraid. I'm going to say that statement again. The only reason to fear is God can't be trusted. So, let's go back. Let's go back over to faith for a moment. The Bible says the just live by faith. We live by faith. Faith is not a parachute. It's quiet in this Baptist church. We have learned to use faith. When we get sick, use our faith. When we don't have any money, we use our faith. Well, why does the Bible say the just live by faith? It literally, the Greek says, they live and live. Live and live. That means you're born again by faith, but you live by faith every day of your life. If faith is not a parachute, how then do you live by faith? Because the opposite of fear is faith. And the, See, faith is God's currency to get what you want, and fear is Satan's currency. So if you're in fear, you're not in faith. And God is not answering your prayer. But if you're in faith, then you have authority over all the work of the enemy. You cannot do both. You're going to want to stay in faith. So how do you stay in faith? Is faith a life? It is a lifestyle. So I'm going to read something else to you. Most people have a belief system, but it's not faith. All right, let 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 me say it to you this way. Think about this. We say, I believe in healing. There's no faith in that statement. That's not faith. I believe in Jesus. There's no faith in that. I believe in prayer. There's no faith in that. All of us have beliefs. But let me ask you a question, and don't raise your hand. Don't don't raise your hand. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. If I ask you how many of y'all believe in praying in the Holy Ghost, most of you would raise your hand. But then I said, how many of you pray in tongues at least an hour a day? Most would not, if you're honest. Do you know why you don't? You don't believe it. Are you listening? The word believe is the, is the word by live. Whatever you're living by is what you believe. If, you're not, if it's not changing your life, you don't believe that. So you say, well, why don't you pray in the Spirit? Well, I feel. I feel like I'm gibbering. I feel like it's not necessary since God already knows what I want. I feel like, well, the last time I prayed in the Spirit, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel built up, so therefore... I wasn't, and I didn't. But see, faith obeys. It goes, how do you feel? Oh, I prayed in the Holy Ghost. How do you feel? doesn't matter. I built myself up. How do you know? God said. That's that's faith. See, faith is not something you do sometimes. it's, It's what you do all the time. You're either living by faith or you're living by fear. You have to live by faith on purpose. Now, let's talk about another one. Let's just go another route here. How many of you are generous in your giving? I mean, benevolent. You're you're a benevolent giver. You know why? Because you believe it. Because in the natural, there's no way in the world you can take $100 and pull 10 of it out and be richer. It takes faith to give Believing it comes back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. There's nothing. So why, why do people not give? They're afraid of going broke. They're afraid of going hungry. They're afraid of not having enough. They're afraid. They say, well, I don't believe that. That's a lie. You do believe it. You're just afraid. 
So you see, see, the life of faith is something you do all the time. Not at night when I got sick, let's throw our faith out there. You better start walking in faith, sun up to sun down seven days a week, 24 hours a day all the time, because your faith doesn't just work when you want. You don't hold your muscle and put it in there, well, I might need it one day. Well, when you go to looking for it, it will have shrunk. It don't, it don't get bigger saving it. Your, your income don't get bigger saving it. Your prayer life don't, your walk with God. How many of you read your Bible every day? I mean, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. But every day you wake up, you spend time with God, you read your Bible, you're in the Word of God every single day. If you're not, you know why? You don't really believe that the Word is food. It's called unbelief. Now you said, if I ask you, do you believe in reading the Bible? You said yes. But you really don't. Why don't you? Fear. I got to get them to go to work. I got to, I got to, I got to. But faith people trust God. God meets all of my needs. God is my source. And you believe that taking the time is beneficial or you wouldn't do it. Am I doing all right? All right, I am going to keep going. So faith is the currency of heaven, and fear is the currency of hell, and Satan's doing everything in his power to get you into fear. And most of the church today is in fear. Do you realize right now that the government does not have a God-given right nor a constitutional right to shut your business down? Then why haven't you opened it up? You afraid of someone hollering at you? Let them holler. They say, well, they're going to find me. Take them to court and sue them. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. But you see, people have decided, well, I'm just, uh, uh, no, I wish everybody would just comply. They would, listen, what what was the original, how long were they going to shut it all down? Well, what, 15, 15, one, five days, 15, 15. It ain't been, it's been more 15. <laughs> when are they planning on lighting up? Never, never. never. They're not planning on lighting up. Yeah. That's right. I, I had people, don't, now don't get mad at me. Just don't, don't get mad at me. Pastor, how come you open the doors? Don't you care? Yeah, I care. And, we'll, and they'll always, don't, don't call and say, are we open? We're open. Now, if there's a hurricane and they don't want you on the road, we're not open. Other than that, we're open. Christmas? Don't call me and ask me, are we open Christmas? (laughs) I will come to your house and personally (laughs) lay my hands on you. Are we open Christmas? That's kind of like a Christian holiday or something, right? I mean, that is a goofy thing. And where was I when I got off on Christmas? You were on the pandemic. I was on the pandemic. Somebody needs to get on the pandemic. So somebody called me one day and said, you need to shut the doors. I didn't tell you you had to come. If you're sick, stay home. Don't come to church. If you're not, come. You can't get the flu from someone who doesn't have the flu. I know they told you you could. They lied. You wouldn't believe the devil would lie, do you? No. He lies. Yes, he does, and everybody is hooked up with him. And see, you have to buy it. Now, I want to tell you why people are mad at you. Because you're making them look stupid. You're running around happy when they're not. You're running around counting it all joy and they're not. And you're at church and they're not. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I had COVID. I can't get it again. I'm inoculated and I have been vaccinated by the blood. So I'm vaccinated. I'm good. Now the vaccine can't stop the flu. Never has, never will. Stupid. Why are y'all obeying China? Right. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. 
It has to be fear. Now you think, well, you're a rebel. Well, well, so was Jesus. So was John the Baptist. So was Paul. So was Joshua and Moses. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? You know, there's nothing wrong with a rebellion against the devil. You might want to put him in his place and tell him, the greater one's inside me. It's called courage. I'm going to read something to you by Winston Churchill, if y'all don't mind. I, know, I don't know whether he's a Christian or not. It says, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is, it is the courage to continue that counts. And if you're going through hell, just keep going. Amen. All right. Go to Numbers chapter 13. Say, no fear here. I refuse to allow fear to rule me. Well, you know, my kids are all messed up. Well, did you give them to God? I did. I gave them the Lord. Well, start counting it all joy. Did you ask him to forgive you? Yes, he did. <laughs> Do you know what it's like to pastor and knowing that you're imperfect? I heard a story one time about Kenneth and Gloria Man, am I glad she told on Kenneth. <laughs> well, she flat got in a sermon one day and told on him. They were on their way to a convention, and Kenneth was trying to teach Gloria how to fly. And you know how Kenneth was. He was a little rough. And he was up there barking at Gloria, and she got up out of the seat and said, Fly it yourself. And she got up and went and sat in the back. And, and they, in other words, they had a fight. Where are they going? To preach. What do you do when you're in sin on the way to the church? Does 1 John 1, 9 work? Come on, somebody, help me out a little bit. So Kenneth got up there, and finally, he knows he's got to repent soon. So he humbles himself and turns to glory and says, forgive me, I'm wrong. Father, forgive me, I'm wrong. How long did it take God to forgive him? Is it okay for him to get up and go preach now? Yeah, it's okay for you too. You don't know what I did. We don't want to know. Did the blood wash you? Then get over the fear of it. You're washed. Say, I'm clean. No condemnation. No fear here. Amen. Go to uh, Numbers. I'm going to start with 13. I'm going to start with verse 25. They returned from spying out the land after 40 days. They departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, the congregation children of Israel in the, in the wilderness of Paran, Kadesh, and brought back word that the congregation showed them the fruit of the land. It was a great place. And they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us, and it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, oh my, the people who dwell on the land are strong. That's true. And the cities are fortified. That's true. And very large. That's true. And the descendants of Anak are there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and Jebusites and the Amorites and the Termites down in the mountains and in the logs. And the Canaanites by the sea among the banks of the Jordan. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession. We're well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone said, we're not able to go against the people. They're stronger than we are. Is it true? It is true. What are they afraid of? Dying. I mean, I'm not looking to die next week. But I'm also not going to avoid a fight. It's quiet in here. God said, I've given you the land. If God is for you, now, I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to think seriously about what I'm fixing to say. Every one of them that avoided death died shortly after. Being out of the will of God is more dangerous than being in it. You don't want to, you don't want to sit in the desert without God. I'd rather face a giant with him. Are you getting this? 
See, right now you have to decide who's in you. The greater one's on the inside of me. What's he asking you to do? Do it without fear. Obey without fear. Okay. The men who had gone up says, we're not able to go against his people. They're stronger. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. The land they had spied, saying, the land to which we had gone devours its inhabitants and all the people and of men of great stature. We saw the giants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. No, you're not. They saw themselves defeated. They saw themselves dead. Joshua and Caleb saw themselves winning. How do you see yourself? What do you see? I see myself more than a conqueror. I see the greater one lives on the inside of me. I will live and not die. You know, I've had the doctor look at me and tell me I had a year. It was 12 years ago. Do you think I wasn't a little afraid? Yeah. But you know, I'm not God. And I went to him and I said, you know, you spent a lot of time training me. I mean, wouldn't you want to keep me around a little longer? I mean, I'm just now getting to where my love walk is any good. Just imagine, just imagine the next guy. He's, gonna, he, he's not ready. Justin's not ready. Lisa's not ready. I just made an argument with God a little bit. Just, you know, I don't think it's time. You said with long life you'd satisfy me and show me your salvation. So I'm just going to tell you what I think of the doctor's report. I mean, you're God. I'm not God. You're the healer. I'm not the healer. But as of right now, I'm, God, I'm making plans for 10 years from now. And if I don't make it, it's your fault because I'm planning. And I, what was I? I had to conquer the fear. I, I'm, I'm not going to let it in my head. I'm not going to sit around and think about my funeral. Amen. I'm not going home and hide in the house. Lisa and I heard about a man the other day. I'm not picking on you, but he called us up. He didn't go to the church and told us that we needed to, you know, shut her down and whole nine yards and, and, and stay home. And he died of COVID at home. I stayed alive at church. Maybe you should come to church. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? What are you hiding? You ain't hiding. F- f- fear will kill you. That's right. That's right. Come on. Chapter 14, verse 1. All the congregation lifted their voices and thought, <laughs> Can I tell you how I know whether you're in fear of faith? Your face. I want to read something to you. Just Rush Limbaugh. He's going in honor of Rush. Tearing a roof off is not faith, but if you're in faith, you will tear a roof off. Pressing through a crowd is not faith, but if you're in faith, you'll press through a crowd. Throwing a rock at a giant is not faith, but if you're in faith, you'll throw a rock at a giant. Rejoicing is not faith, but if you're in faith, you'll rejoice. In other words, shouting is not faith, but when you're in faith, you will shout. There's time, that's why when I got up a while ago, I just wanted some of y'all to practice a little bit. I mean, just dance around and holler a little bit. Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Jesus is Lord. i got to tell a story on me. I can't tell on y'all unless you tell me that you're going to tell me your bad stories and let me tell them, but you don't ever do it. When Lisa and I built that log cabin, a lot of y'all have heard enough about it. You're sick of hearing about our log cabin. Well, we built it. It was worth about $850,000, and we already had a quarter of a million in it. And the walls leaked, and the floors were tore up, and then we were completely dead, flat, stinking broke. 
didn't have enough money to buy a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I woke up one morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, the devil's sitting there looking at me right in the face. This is when the doctor told me I was going to die. He also told me that Lisa was going to die. Now, I want you to think about this. Fool, you done lost everything, disobeyed God. Now you're broke. Church is going under. Wife's going to die and you're going to die. How did that make you feel? Now, I'm not shouting. <laughs> <laughs> My bed is wet and I didn't pee. <laughs> How many of you have you ever been so afraid that you broke out in a cold sweat? You know what I did? God, I went in the living room and prayed in tongues. Did I feel like it? No. I felt like crying. This is huge, folks. When, I mean, it, when you do something real stupid, you, you're thinking even God ain't helping me out. It's called condemnation. Even God left you. Oh, come over here and preach. I, mean, I know none of y'all have ever been through it. I just got up and went and prayed in the Holy Ghost and danced around my living room at four in the morning. And the devil told me the whole time I'm dancing. Well, dance, fool. You going broke. You going under, buddy. Sure look like it. Man, I think everybody ought to have a trial like that once in their life. Find out what you're made out of. I got up and I just cast the care on God and started singing. I didn't want to sing. guy that we bought a shopping center from, I went to talk to him because I'm going to sue the guy that's my builder. I'm going to sue him. I was in faith. I was happy. Not. And he joked here and he owns shopping. He said, why do you want to sue him? I told him what he did to me along with the other people. You can't kill him. I'm a Christian. And I can sue him. And he said, why do you want to do that? I said, I ain't got a dime. The bank won't touch me. He said, I'll loan you all the money you need. There's a God. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. became my first mortgage. Yes, he did. Did God get us out? Yes, he did. Yeah. I had to choose faith over fear. I had every reason in the world to be afraid. This church wasn't doing that good. You know why? Because I was mad all the time. Don't look at me like that. Y'all holy bunch of folks. You ain't never done nothing wrong in your life. I was mad at everybody, including me and God. Fear's ugly. But I had to make a choice. I came to church, danced around a little bit, counted it all joy and shouted. While the walls were standing, I shouted. I refuse to fear. Say, I refuse. No fear here. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. If God is for me. You think I learned all these scriptures practicing to preach to you? Oh, no. I learned them while I was going through hell. <laughs> the only thing got me through. God turned it all around. Paid it all. Paid cash for the next house. Rebuilt it. Lisa sold her horse, got a jet ski. I haven't decided which one was better. The pasture or the lake. But God is good, isn't he? Amen. Let's finish reading this. And the whole congregation said, if we had died in the land of Egypt, if only if we had died in the wilderness. Well, if they wanted to die, they can just die right now. They ain't. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and children are become victims. Wouldn't it have been better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let's get another leader and go to Egypt. Anyway, y'all know the rest of the story. 
Let's look at another one here before we go. First Samuel 17. Go to First Samuel. You know, I've got to tell you this. When I get to heaven, I'm going to have a party in my mansion. And I want you all to come over if you would. I'm going to go to Blockbuster up there. <laughs> and I'm going to rent the video of David and Goliath. <laughs> and I'm going to watch it over and over. And I, I want to see it. But I'm going to tell you the story. There's a guy named Goliath that is so big and mean that he kills 12 huge men at a time. Not one. I mean, he don't even, I mean, Andre the Giant don't have nothing on Goliath. Goliath has been a warrior since he was a little boy, and he never was little. <laughs> and his mama kept feeding him and kept feeding him, and he kept getting bigger and stronger. And he just got to where every time he stepped out of the house, everybody trembled because he's never lost a fight. Right. Never. So you understand this day, and I, maybe I should read the scripture, you know what I mean. We are a church, you know. <laughs> David left the supplies in the hand of the king. I don't know, I don't know. 17. Where am I? 1711. And Saul and all of Israel heard the words of the Philistine, and they were dismayed and greatly what? What are they afraid of? Dying. Afraid of dying. And they fight him, they're going to die. And they're thinking, I ain't going to fight him. So nobody would fight him. Verse 23, no, verse 22, And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. And he talked with them. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came from the army of the Philistines and spoke these words. And David heard him. And the men of Israel, when he saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen the man who has come up? Surely he's come to defy Israel. And it shall be the man who kills him. The king will enrich with great riches and give him his daughter. And David said, Who? You mean I get his daughter? Y'all aren't out there. Get this out of your head. David was a boy that hadn't even had pimples. He don't even have hair on his face. He's a kid. And I'm trying to make it real to you because you've had always had this idea about David that he was on steroids and all that. All the Hercules movies, they always get some guy. Boy. I know he's a, he's a five foot seven, 135 pound Jew. Samson was a little guy. David was a boy. So you understand, Goliath is standing there and going, send someone to fight me. And all the other people are about from here down. And this little kid steps out. And he goes, I'm going to kill you. And Goliath goes, excuse me? And he goes, I'm coming to kill you. Me and God are going to kill you. And Goliath is like, is this a joke? And he goes, no, I, I don't. Son, you don't even have a sword. I have a free shot. <laughs> but he had something else. Yeah. Say no fear. No fear. no fear. No fear. What could God do with a man with no fear? He can do it with a kid. And I, I, see, i got to watch this because I want to see Goliath's face. When he's looking at David and going, this is a joke. I kill men. And this is a little boy with a slingshot. But, but he had no fear. And he said, I'm going to cut your head off and then I'll take your sword. <laughs> and he did it. Because he didn't see himself dying. He saw himself killing him. 
Now understand how powerful fear is. Fear freezes you. Makes you inactive. God sent you to do something. You go, uh-uh. I ain't doing that. I could die. You might. Well, what happens when you die? You go to heaven. It's graduation day. See, Jesus defeated death. There is no death. You'll never die. You'll graduate, but you'll never die. So why are you afraid of leaving early? And nobody up there wanting back. That ought to tell you a little bit about where you're headed. Paul made a statement one day. He said, you know, I got a real dilemma. I kind of want to go. I feel like y'all need me. Hey, he really wanted to leave. Yeah. I've had a few times when I said, can I come? And Lisa came in and go, don't you pray like that. <laughs> the biggest fear you're going to face every day of your life is the fear of dying and the fear of losing. Yeah. And Jesus has already defeated them both. Yes. Yes. And everybody in the Bible who obeyed God didn't die. Now, next week, we're going to get into Peter. Peter, now you have to, Peter's a fisherman. I mean, he's a burly, rough, redneck. I don't have Jewish rednecks. Jews aren't rednecks, but you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And Jesus looks at him at dinner and says, you're going to deny me tonight. Not me. Nobody else in my own tail. I'm going to do that. I'm going to kill everybody coming around the table. And then he's cussing, a little girl came up and he goes, I don't know him. <laughs> Later, Jesus went and got him back. And he did die for Jesus. But we read a story in, in Acts where they're coming to kill him and he's asleep. <laughs> he's not afraid. Oh Say, no fear here. No Say, God has not, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. Say, death has no victory over me. Jesus said, you'll never die. Say, I'll never die. I'll never die. I had a girl in my apartment complex that I was talking to her one day, and and of course, you know, I, I should have used a little more wisdom, but when you're a maintenance man and, the, and, a, and a lady comes home and you're in her apartment, and you, you just kind of fix what, and you leave. You just do your best. And this girl sits down and starts telling me, and I start talking to her about Jesus. She said, I can't be saved. I said, what do you mean you can't be saved? She said, if you knew all about my past. Well, she told me about how she killed her father's best friend. She said, nobody knows about it. You know why I killed him? Because he raped me. She said, I've had abortions. She said, I'm homosexual. I'm a murderer. And I opened up the Bible and said, so was Paul. And I got her born again. Oh, I prayed with her. I prayed with her. Well, that night she shows up at my house. She went to Calvary in a halter top and short shorts, and they wouldn't let her in. I can't imagine why. And she shows up at my door and said, I tried to go to church. They wouldn't let me in. I said, looking like that? No joke. And I said, let me pray for you. And a man spoke out of her mouth. Oh, touch us. We'll kill you. I grabbed her by the head and said, I don't die. I'm afraid of no demon. If the devil could have killed me, he'd have done it by now. He's already been telling me for 45 years he's going to kill me. Say no fear here. No fear here. Afraid of the devil. Woo! This is good, isn't it? Folks, we're dealing with a real enemy. The enemy we're facing right now is bigger than the politicians. It's fear, and people everywhere are afraid. And I'm asking you to take seriously what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. 
You don't need to be a part of that. It's going to take some courage to be a Christian now. Stand for God. Can he keep you alive? Can he feed you? Can he take care of you? And you count it all joy. I mean, the moment fear tries to get on you, I mean, you need to speak to it and go, you get off of me. You can give me a spirit of fear. I'm not afraid. Now, David, when David said he was going to kill Goliath, his brother said he was arrogant. I've been called arrogant by every wimpy preacher I know. I'm not arrogant. I'm just not afraid. Say, I'll not go broke. I'll not go broke. I'll not lose my job. If I do, God will give me another one. God says, I've never, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Say, I'll never beg bread. What's your scripture you said this morning? He said, Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Now listen to what Jesus said. Birds are socialist. Jesus didn't say they were socialist. I did. <laughs> they don't have barns. They don't and they're not on welfare. They don't even sow. No. They don't even go to church. No. <laughs> and yet God said, I feed them. I feed them. Are you not more valuable, Are you not more valuable than a bird? Yes. Will he feed you? Yes. Will he take care of you? Yes. Say, no fear here. Well, I'm trying to get done. Walk by faith, not by sight. Live by faith. Anything outside of faith is fear. Anything outside of fear is faith. Just choose right now not to participate. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It won't be easy to do. You walk in the hospital and they tell you you don't have long to live. I want you to look at the doctor and say, glory to God. I think Josh Brown, the other day they told him he had to get the vaccine. And he said, well, I have an opportunity to believe God. And he'll do it, too. I was working at Philip Crosby and Associate one time. They brought me in and let me go. Everybody went in the office, went in happy, and came out crying. I went in crying, came out happy. And they said, Daryl, we're sorry. We haven't let you go. I went, hallelujah. They said, we think you misunderstood us. I said, no, you're firing me. He said, well, we wouldn't put it there. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I prayed for them. I said, let me pray for y'all. You need money. I said, I'll have a job before midnight. I got home that night. I had a youth group. Just got, just got laid off. Preached to the youth. Said, get in agreement with me. Phone rang in the kitchen. Heard you lost your job. I said, yep. Be at work in the morning. I said, I will. The guy in church hired me. Gave me a raise. Amen. Amen. I love God. Yes, he's good. I love you guys. I want to see a smile on your face Amen. in the days ahead. I want, to see, I want to see you laughing. I want to see you smiling. I want to see you acting like the Bible's true. Father, I've done the best that I could this morning. I, I've delivered this message with all of my heart. We're dealing with an enemy in the world right now, bigger than the Chinese government, bigger than Russia, bigger than anything else that we've ever seen in crooked politicians, you name it, it's out there. Liars, thieves. But I've asked this church uh, to not fear based on your word. I've, I've asked them to not be afraid. I can't ask them that without you. I, I know that you will do what you said. I believe that in our days, the best days that of, our, of, of this church and our lives are ahead of us. I believe you'll meet all of our needs. I believe you'll take care of us. I believe you'll continue to heal us.
I don't believe that any of us in this room will die of COVID or any other pandemic. I don't think it has the power to kill us. You defeated death. That means it's defeated. That means that I will live forever somewhere. And I will not fear my body falling over at any time. And when I do, hallelujah. Tell Lisa not to raise me from the dead. <laughs> I give you the glory and honor. And I take authority over a spirit of fear in this church. Yes. If fear has tried to attach itself to anybody in this building, I bind it. I command it to go. Yes. Get off of them now in Jesus' name. We will live and not die and declare the glory of God in the earth. Let me make one more statement before I go. I would assume looking up that everybody in here is born again. In the days ahead, I'm going to do a lot more preaching the gospel because we're going to see people coming in here who don't know the Lord. Lisa was watching China the other day, what was happening over there in the tunnel. I wasn't as bothered by the tunnel as I was how many people didn't know the Lord. I'm bothered by Afghanistan. But there are things that you and I aren't going to be able to change. My concern is not that they're dying. My concern is they're not going to heaven. We need a revival. We need a move of God in the earth. Losing people. You're going to die one day. Don't die without Jesus. Don't live without him either. Continue to pray with me because I'm praying over Apopka. I was talking to Jonathan Shuttlesworth the other day and I said, are you game to do a revival in downtown Apopka? He said, yeah, and I already talked to the mayor. Take a lot of work to do it. I don't have dates yet. The people need the Lord. Yeah, they do. When I hear Christians in this church go home and be with Jesus, it saddens me. Well, we'll see them again. Yeah. Well, what saddens me is seeing people die. They don't know it. Yes. Amen. Yes. You ready for Lisa to take this? Yes. I want you to say this so I'll feel better about my day. Say, Pastor Darrell, Pastor you did pretty good today. <laughs> Y'all have a good day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Say, he has not given me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. I think uh, when Pastor Darrell meets Jesus, I think he's going to meet King David at the gate first. <laughs> and King David's going to go, now let me get that story a little straight with you, Pastor Morgan. <laughs> Amen. God loves you. Amen. Jesus loves you. I want to say this real quick. Um, there is a person who has drafted up um, an exemption objection letter for all of those of you who are in uh, businesses that have tried to force their hand in Orlando and mandate you to get the vaccine or you're going to lose your job. And I have that exemption letter. Uh, it's great. It's great. I, I, the government did not write it. The person wrote it, and it's and it's great. I know the military is letting the, the a lot of those some of those boys um, file and a religious exemption. Um, the, the thing's about 20 pages long, but this one is not that I have. And if you are right now in a business that is mandating you vaccine, or you will lose your job, if you want a copy of this objection exemption letter um, to to give to your boss, it's worth a try. Amen. And it is well-written, well-written for why you are opposed to it as far as religiously opposed. So um, I just want to let you know that. But if you're here this morning, as my altar workers come forward, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you want to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can't just have the belief system, oh, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus. If you never say and take him for yourself, Jesus, I believe you died for me personally. You shed your blood for me. Wash away my sins. I ask you to forgive me. If you don't ever remember a time doing it, do it now. 
Do it now. Don't wait because I cannot guarantee your life once you walk out these doors. If you're in here, you're safe because we pray over all the people that come in here. Amen. Do you walk out those doors? If you're not sure, come up here. And if you're here and you say, you know, I haven't been living right. I, I know I haven't been doing the right thing. I just, I want to make that stand and say, God, forgive me. I'm back on track. I dedicate myself to you. Amen. The Bible says that if you're shamed of Jesus before men, then he'll be ashamed of you before his father. Don't be ashamed. Just get up. It's your life. Don't matter what we think. It's your life. And we're for you. We're for you. We're applauding you. The angels in heaven are applauding every time someone asks Jesus in their heart. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.